second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. I gotta buy some fucking drip pants. <laughs> this is the king of the podcast. The king of the monsters is Gojira. And here we are. We are the <laughs> Gojira of podcast. This is the March and Mitch show featuring Celine SP. We're very happy to be hanging out with the, the Pacific Northwest today, the PN Dub. Today, we're going to talk to you about performing artist Matt Mason, not to be confused with country artist Matt Mason. Well, <laughs> we're also going to talk to you about how Celine is determined to defund the police. And we're going to bring it back to you with our first, uh, well, maybe we have in the past. Uh, Gr- Grind is not an original Disney Channel movie, right? But we are in the no. theme of extreme sports because everything in the late 90s and 2000s had to be extreme leather and on fire with 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 katana swords yeah we're going to talk about johnny tsunami the story about how a kid who goes from local uh you know the 51st day hawaii <laughs> to uh vermont's but instead of 51st yeah <laughs> is it alex has an extra state that we don't know about <laughs> <laughs> The 51 nifty United Alex, States of Alex the is 13 going the- original <laughs> colony. That's how I remember that song, by the way. I'm going to night school after this to relearn my <laughs> US- <laughs> United States history. I- we'll talk about Johnny Tsunami, our Disney Channel original movie for the throwback. In high school. Uh, no, no, no. In uh, <laughs> middle school. They're like one of the one of our classes for social studies was to rem- to memorize the states and capitals. Ugh. And I straight failed that. And I remember I straight like like an adult argued with my teacher because the internet was around right so like if i needed to know i I could google it and google was a thing when i was uh in eighth seventh or eighth grade and and i remember her being like this is a part of the curriculum like you need to learn this i'm like why and she's like because you don't know what they are i'm like how does that benefit me in any way and she's like well you know what the state capital is of virginia i'm like how does that benefit me and she's just like you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah, listen here, you little shit. Yeah. Dude, In sixth was, grade, I deliberately failed that that test because it was like one of those ones where it's like everyone has to be able to list all the 50 states and their capitals and like you can't leave sixth grade social studies till you do, I guess. And I just thought that that was stupid. And so I protested by just refusing to write the correct things, even though I knew them. Like I, I memorized all of them. Like my mom like made me sit and memorize them because after the first time I failed, she was like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you learn this? And so she made sure I learned it. And then I made sure to keep on failing. And finally, my teacher was like, Shit. why are you doing this? I was like, it's not that I don't know or want to know. I just think this is a stupid metric for passing a class. And she was like, all right. And like quizzed me on like 15 states and their capitals. And I knew them all. And she was like, all right, fucking fine. Let me so pass it ca- In the end, you caved. Well, I verbally <laughs> told her like uh-huh. a pop quiz, uh-huh, yeah, but I was caved. just like, I refuse yeah, to spend per- 20 minutes of my day writing this. Folded like a wet blanket. <laughs> well, I stand by my protest. Yeah, your protest was about as thick as that paper. As soon as they asked you any real questions face to face, you're like, ah, they did it. No, my entire thing was I'm not going to spend 20 minutes writing all of this. Okay. so It's going to hurt my hand. Okay. As soon as we defund the police, Celine, we're going <laughs> to add all the money into the school system to make it a much, much more better learning system and environment for young students. Yes. Eight grades K through 12. On our music segment this week, we're going to explore some uh, really cool uh, sad pop artists. Uh, you know, effigy as far as, you know, approaching a popular music in a top 40 environment while maintaining the artistic 
you know, structure that you would see in some sad punk artists, but with very, 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 like you could tell the producer was involved kind of writing, mm-hmm. defining the police. I mean, I'm very, very excited to hear what we have to bring to the table as far as dealing with it in a manner that's both entertaining and stimulating. And then for our throwback piece, Mitchell, I cannot wait to freaking hang 10 with you. This is the March and Mitch show. Let's get the ball rolling. And by oh. that, and by, and by that, I mean I need you to actually roll the ball over there so the cat can start chasing it. Yeah, seriously, the cat wants uh, to play really bad. Buffy loves things. Who's, who's she does. Buffy is the uh, most gremlin-looking cat I've ever seen. That's a Scottish fold cat. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's cute. Dude, it's cute, right? It's so ugly. It's cute, and I love. I like. I didn't. I was. I was unsure at first because she'll just she'll do this really weird thing. Uh, with the, she's got the flat face, you know, and she'll do this weird thing. She she comes up to you and she'll stare at you. <laughs> and, and her eyes kind of like cross and I'm not sure like where she's looking at, but she'll kind of cross and stare at you real like, you know, like unsure. And then just go. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and <laughs> it's the most is the friendliest cat I've ever met. It's the nicest. She's so sweet. Yeah, there is not a friendlier cat. Out she's there. so happy with you guys working from home. Yeah. Like I always see your your housemate. With uh, the yeah, cat Keenan. just like right in front of his keyboard oh, and he's having day. to like yeah. crook his wrists over the cat to type. It, true story. Yeah. She'll hop up on his uh, sit stand desk over there uh, while we're working from home and he will have to over hang his hands over the cat because he refuses to move her. <laughs> and he's Aww. just so accommodating to this leisurely animal that just like lounges on his work desk. She's supervising. Yeah. It's so funny. She's doing quality reviews. Yeah. All the pets and house pets and animals, I'm sure they are they are loving quarantine right now. They love having their owners home lots of lots mm-hmm. and lots of the time to just have all that attention. And now let's pay our attention to our artist of the week. Artist of the week. Your artist of the week is none other than Matt Mason. Matt Mason has single-handedly watched Frozen 2 by himself twice. He has spent a lot of time recently debating on watching the movie a third time, but he's pretty freaking sad. I enjoyed Matt Mason uh, a lot, actually, in, 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 in a, a, a little bit of a stint last night and today listening to his music. Um, I feel like the word emo is, is slowly becoming very uh, taboo. And instead, Trend. now we say sad punk. We, uh, don't, we don't say emo anymore. We just say sad punk now. But um, I, miss, fu- I miss the days where people would say rar. Rar. <laughs> rar XD. Rar XD. Yeah. Literally. Ooh, can we make that a band name? Rar Serious. XD. <laughs> In the meantime, while I'm, I'm debating the future of emo, Matt Mason is actually uh, uh, debating whether or not he should rent the premiere of Trolls World Tour for $20. Uh, <laughs> it's impossible to say what we do for now, but he's definitely going to be one of those people. Are these things you actually read about him? This, or? These, I'm literally, it's, okay. it's literally happening. It's on, it's, it's according I to... I wasn't sure if you were using your phone like <laughs> as a prop to make us more likely to believe that these were things that you had read. Never m- question Marchewski, rule number one. No, you're totally... No, you to- I have to <laughs> question Marchewski. You totally can because I'm a professional bullshit. Have you heard his baloney stories? <laughs> Fact or fiction. Hey, <laughs> cold case files. As long as he serves oh, man. We should do a special that's just Alex telling cockamamie stories, and then we have to decide if it's fact or fiction. Ooh, freaking Maybe literally! We did that for the TikTok. So, like, we were talking, and yeah. I brought it up to Celine. Uh, Bring it, and we had some pretty fucking good ideas for TikTok. The, uh, the first idea was just posting that video, the intro clip of just, just post that. Just honey, there's a hot topic. <laughs> Post that as the video because that thing is funny as fuck. The second video would be us arguing <laughs> over McDonald's, basically recreating um, uh, John Mulaney sketch and and having you be the wife in the side, in the passenger seat and driving me like, 
honey, honey. But your voice is so deep and with a, like a nice blonde wig. I can, I can probably accommodate that. I'm yeah. pretty accommodating. And then Celine will be our, our daughter, uh, him, her daughter, them. Be I just child. want to be a child, John Mulaney. John, John, yeah, we'll be our child. There you go. And uh, and they'll be like, I want McDonald's. I'm like, we're not getting McDonald's. I'm like, oh, honey, come on. Enter the Mulaney-verse. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was our second idea. But yeah, we should definitely get on that. I am totally about engaging in some TikTok videos. I hope we all become great actors. Uh, Matt Mason's album, Bank on the Funeral, came out in 2019. And their music to me has been very entertaining, as well as uh, reminiscent of some uh, later 2000s artists and as far as the realm of uh, you know solo artists who kind of dabble in subjects, whether it be uh, drug paraphernalia, uh, existential misery as well as communicating relationships and friendships through the means of holy shit why am I fucking like this <laughs> There's their album Bank on the Funeral is available now you can listen to it on several platforms and uh, our song of the week is going to be actually uh, their most recent single which is Hallucinogenics we got Mitchell on the one and the twos let it rip Mitchell My cigarette burned my finger Cause I forgot I lit it Drunk in Seattle Two more hands without a paddle I don't remember your face Or your hair or your name or your smile Cause I just couldn't open up I'm always shifting An audio cord around his neck. That's what we do. We're back. That was Lucigenics by Matt Mason. Celine, take it away for our artist of the week. Dude, I'm so grateful that you let me do Matt Mason for, for the show this week because I've loved this guy for a long time. I'm grateful time. to have new music in my life. Thank you. Um, I You kind of noted earlier, it's a little bit more of a like produced sound than I think that we typically feature on the show. And often I don't like that super manicured sound, but I, I feel like for him, I think that his singing chops really make up for how immaculately produced it is. Most definitely. Like, his voice is gorgeous, and I've actually heard um, my other favorite song by him is Cringe. Oh, that's and, a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a great one. Very honest. And, yeah, super honest. And Wait, this wasn't Imagine Dragons? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Mitch. Ah, oh, damn it. The whole time, it was we were, you were actually imagining real dragons. I'm oh, sorry. Fuck. Don't tell me what to imagine. Hee, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, his, his voice is beautiful. And in the stripped down version of Cringe, you know, I I was kind of curious listening to the stripped down version. I was like, are, is his singing actually that good or is it just super doctored? And it's similar to Nothing Nowhere's one takes where it's just him stripped down, just him and the guitar. Really? Okay. Cool, yeah. Cool. And his, his voice is gorgeous. His voice really holds Ooh, up under scrutiny. Okay. Wow. What a crush. Oh, no. I totally have a crush on Matt Mason. <sighs> well, Matt Mason, it looks like you and I are going to have to duel. I challenge you, sir, here and now dun, dun, to fisty dun, cups. Dun, 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 Did you say fisty cups? Fisty cups. 
You've heard it here Cups, first. Like a drinking cup? Right. It's how it's when you both sit down and drink whiskey until one person blacks out or dies. Oh, okay. Damn. I like that way better than fisticuffs. Oh yeah, no violence. I'm not against I'm totally against violence. No fuck that. But I will drink your ass under the table. Come another at, news. Come at me, bro. In other in other words, the producer will be having a violent interaction <laughs> with, with Matt Mason, our artist of the week. <laughs> if you're if you are Matt Mason, please please hide. Please hide. <laughs> yeah, or come on our show and, and we can talk about it all normal style. Bourbon provided. Yeah, bourbon provided. Yeah, you but be careful. Play a game of fist of cups. Don't go against me. I will drink you under the table. Where'd you first listen to Matt Mason, Celine? Um, again, this is another one of those ones that I was just driving around listening to Sirius um, Alt Nation. Very cool. Yeah, no, I an embarrassing amount of my new music comes from there, but they tend to have really good artists that are pretty, you know, new stuff that I haven't heard before. So a lot of a lot of my favorite things I've I've heard just because I'm driving around listening to them and uh, to Alt Nation. Very cool. Yeah, nice, nice. Into the hype. Very nice. So I, I in a lot of ways like having that's got to be refreshing because when you have the radio with a the satellite, they're kind of suddenly throwing like new <sighs> stuff at you. So. Yeah, must be nice. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot of new stuff. I mean, I personally, I'm I'm a simp for satellite radio just because it's the same wherever I go. So like when I drove down to Arizona, I didn't have to be like. Ah, this this was a cool rock station, but now we're in a new area, so now it's Christian stuff. Yeah, way to, <laughs> way to flex, way to flex on the view here. Jeez, I'm just happy that I can get 101.1 Clyde Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you got your heater fixed, and that was like a whole yeah whole thing. Yeah, my car basically just goes; it goes to and from, and anything extra, fuck you. One of the windows doesn't roll down, and it barely gets radio. So. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, when I was living out in South Salem, I could not pick up uh, 101.1, which is like uh, the Portland radio station. Did not happen. And then I moved out here, and I guess I'm within range or some shit. So now I can get 101.1 so I can listen to Clyde Lewis. The uh, shout out to Clyde. That's a conspiracy show late at night, Monday through Friday, and repeats on Sunday. It's pretty fucking good. Literally, dude, freaking conspiracies and shit are like really crazy shit, bro. He's good. He's a little out there. He's 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 a little too far left, I think, for me on some topics. For for the most part, too far left, too far right. He's. I really, think too. I think you mean too far right. I don't think so. Clyde, you're thinking of Lars Larson. You think so? You think that Clyde Lewis is too like progressive and liberal for you? Yeah, he's wild as shit. What? Yeah. Oh, I think he's too right for me. Well, that's what, you know, that's what's great about radios. You know, it's all for interpretation. Or maybe it's just me and I'm retarded. <laughs> also, I don't use that word. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> just saying. But you do. I just did, but I don't. I promise. It's been a crazy, <laughs> it's been a crazy world we live in and listening, <laughs> listening to music in all formats, whether it be radio or just, you know, your local station. I think Matt Mason's music is resonant in the way that you can listen to it. And whether you're a person who is someone str you're struggling with maintaining relationships or doing uh, crazy amounts of stupid, 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 crazy drugs or doing all kinds of goofy shit in your lifetime, Matt Mason's music, Matt Mason's music is resonant in a way that is both relatable uh, understandable, but also communicative in the way that it's okay to have these uh, problems or these uh, shortcomings. And his amount of honesty mm -hmm. and sin uh, sincerity, I feel, is really refreshing. I don't even care if like his delivery is coming from like a very VH1 and it's the year 2003 standpoint. His music, to me, has been kind of refreshing, especially when mm -hmm. most of the artists we listen to are sad rap artists or SoundCloud rappers or you know punk bands. 
So please give it give yeah. it a try and listen yeah. to Matt Mason this week. With, That's pretty exciting, yeah. Listen to Hallucinogenics <laughs> by Matt Mason. That's our artist. And of Cringe the week. Right. by Matt Mason. Right. I just one last thing I want to say on on Cringe, because that's my other favorite one. Um the so that one I just you mentioned the honesty and straightforwardness of it. And that one, yes. the the chorus goes like she said, I'm looking like a bad man, smooth criminal. She said, your spirit doesn't move like the way it did before. She said that I don't look like me no more. And I said, I'm just tired. She said, you're just high. And that <laughs> always really hit me because, you know, as, as somebody who struggled with like not only mental illness, but also periods of times that I've been using substances, maybe not in a healthy way and making excuses and saying things like I'm just tired when, you know, maybe that's not the whole story. Yeah. That, that resonated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I'm really like, glad. I'm really glad you have a chance to relate to the lyrics. It's entertaining to actually have like artists, you know, we can do that with and through the the means of lyrics. It's it's very fun to kind of have a scope into the life of someone like like a Matt Mason. Selena, I'm really entertained that you brought this to the table this week, and thank you for helping to contribute on a what's usually my segment. So give it up for Celine for contributing this week on our artist of the week. Thank you. I really appreciate Yay, that. Me. Wait, does that mean yeah. Alex is doing the current event? welcome welcome to news with alex alex (laughs) defund the police do the thing uh my roommate ron uh he took all the hot water this afternoon (laughs) for my shower so if you if you fund this uh this policy with our local uh news team if you find ron (laughs) we can we can put him down for good (laughs) putting him down would allow more less stress in my life (laughs) and more towels so thank you (laughs) (laughs) excellent absolutely tubular my dude Thank you for tuning in to the March and Mitch show featuring CSP. We're really grateful for all of our listeners, whether you're in Virginia, Washington, the American Southwest. We have one listener in France now. Well, I wouldn't consider anyone who's going Bienvenue. Got, yeah. Anyone who's got one play, I don't consider a listener. Anyone who's got like uh, the equal amount of listens per play. So I think the only real listener we have out there is Virginia. So Virginia, Washington, Oregon, a.k.a. ourselves and friends and family. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you, whoever you are in Virginia. And again, we we mentioned this on the last episode. We remain curious of who you are and how you found us. So feel free to look us up. Mitchell Herring, Alex Marchewski, Celine Santis Pond. We would be very interested to know who you are, what you think. Yeah. And amenity is important. So I understand if you don't want to come forth and, you know, reveal your identity. We're not here to, to you know, gaslight you or anything like that. But we are here to provide you but we are here to provide you with some fun and entertainment slash forward uh, forward slash facts. Uh, those facts, unbecoming, unbeknownst, unbetrothed, unbikini, <laughs> unbiased, unbiased. <laughs> Uh, today's Today's episode. facts are not engaged to be married anytime soon. Absolutely not. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. As always, it's going to be the same thing as the last episode and the last episode and the last episode and the episode prior to that. AudibleTrial.com forward slash... AudibleTrial. AudibleTrial.com forward slash March. Pick it up. Check out a book. Download Hitchhiker's uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, that is a fun audio book. That is a fun audio book. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Yeah.
Dolphins. Dolphins got it right. It yeah. was we thought the Mormons got it right. No, it was really Dolphins. Yeah. Dolphins got it right the whole time. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I missed us thinking the Mormons got it right. No, it was it was Dolphins the whole time. It was dolphins. dolphins got it right, guys. They yeah. they knew the path to God. It was Dolphins. But with that with that out the way, the <laughs> oh man, I would much rather just talk about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy than you picked this. You brought this on yourself. Celine is <sighs> here to bring you the real, the true, true. The true, true that's bigger than the real, true, true. Current events. Current events. Media. Social commentary. We bring you Celine Santa's Palms. This is the second podcast in a row we've, where you've called me Celine Santa's Pawns. I appreciate your donation of a plurality of pawns to my name, but it's just the one. Celine Santa's Pond. Two pawns are better than one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like, All right. I, I like fresh water. Huh? <laughs> uh, so are you guys ready to defund the police? Yay! Never. Well, I think I can change your mind. So I want to talk to you guys about defunding the police. It's kind of a continuing theme in what we've been discussing recently with... But what are you going to do when you've got a... Blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. That is the key the key gripe of people who are like, well, don't defund the police. What happens when somebody breaks into your house and you've got a... Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Who, who are you going to call when somebody breaks into your house to show up two hours later with a notepad and then never follow up? I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to deal with my ass if yeah. it's going to fucking happen. Uh, uh, yeah, the police don't prevent crimes. They just follow up on crimes committed. Indeed. And I think that what I the thing I really want to start with is just a basic, you know, base level. What does it mean to defund the police? Because I think that the phrase defund the police sounds like we're saying no more money for police. And that's not quite accurate. What we're really saying or what activists for defunding the police are really saying is that we should reallocate a significant portion of police funding to other services that are going to ultimately I prevent crime. Yes. Um, so basically, it doesn't. A lot of people are saying, "Well, this means that the police have to do the exact same jobs, but with a lot less resources." That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is take jobs off the police's plate and invest the money that they spend doing that job elsewhere. Mm. So that's you know base understanding of what defunding the police means. It's it's more of a reallocation of funding. Thank but you for elaborating. I appreciate that. But on the other hand, how do you um, how does one say um, we protect our civilians if we don't have police to protect us? It's easy. You just hire the dad from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I could just hire, if I could just hire Keanu. Oh, wait, that guy is the police. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. If we could just hire Keanu Reeves. He wasn't police, he was the sheriff. Yeah. Oh, true, 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 true. Are you kidding me? I would take... Uh, wait, can those two be... Oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> he was like a local law enforcement. Like, Anyways, you know what? Continue. <laughs> I'm, yeah, so, I'm trying to at contribute, not take away. I'm let's, sorry. So let's talk... Why? Why Why is defunding the police something that people put, are pushing for? Why is it potentially a good idea? And Because they're killing people? That's that's a, a big one. I'm kind of rolling it into some other... Just jump on in. Uh, well, I'm trying to. But so three, there are th key, uh, three key answers of why this is a good idea. Um, the first is that the current model of policing actually really sucks at preventing and solving crime. Mm. 
Um, Current model of everything kind of sucks, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> this Same. timeline overall is kind yeah. of a kind of a bummer. But um, so I'm taking a lot of my information here from the Brookings Institute, which is a uh, it's noted as being a typically conservative leaning uh, policy think tank, but very well respected. Um, a study by Brookings found that over the last 60 years, there's been very, very, very little correlation between increasing funding to a police department and lower rates of crime. Mm. So right there, we see over the last 60 years, regardless of what's going on socially, we don't see a very big impact of giving the police departments more money. Yeah, well, you can't throw money at problems and expect them to go away. Like, <laughs> Exactly. And the, the key thing that people highlight is like, well, with fewer police, you know, there's going to be higher crime rates. But there's not a lot of evidence to support that. Um, another really good example, I think, is if you look at New York City's stop and frisk policy, where officers were able to stop anybody that they deemed to be somewhat suspicious and, and search their person. So 90% of these stops performed under stop and frisk. 90% of those yielded no arrest, so there was no criminal behavior and oh. no contraband. Where's the statistics from from that? Um, this is from numerous studies. This was highlighted specifically in Brookings Institute. However, it was a, an accumulation of studies. Right. And this study was, so, you know, for credibility, this study was submitted to the Supreme Court when Damn. stop and frisk was challenged, and this study was instrumental to the Supreme Court saying this is not a constitutional policy. Right. It's not helping. Exactly. Not helping. Um, interestingly, though... We did find out from Stop and Frisk through studies of it that while the majority of stops of Latinos and black Americans yielded fuck all. Yeah. Stops of white New Yorkers I heard this. Yeah, tended yeah. to yield much better results. Whoa. Because. Right. Pockets of cocaine, pockets mm -hmm. of illicit drugs. Stolen jewelry. Yeah. Right, and that right, was right. specifically because the police in New York were using skin tone as a metric of you know, being being somehow suspect. And then when they looked at white people, they were looking at their behaviors. They were looking at, are you acting somehow suspicious or shady? And so basically what we can see from that is increasing the number of cops on the streets doesn't really necessarily mean that we're going to decrease crime or apprehend more criminals. It just means that there's more people of color that are going to be interfered with. Um. And then finally, you know, on the point that the current model sucks right now, you know, we think that the police are doing a really good job of solving major crimes. And so people say, who are you going to call if you're in a, a terrible situation and you need help? What's that show that we watched last night? Uh, the the Johnny Gosh, who took Johnny, who took Johnny. Yeah, that that says otherwise. Yeah, indeed. Watch that documentary. Who who took Johnny? It's on. Uh, we watch, we watched it on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can rent it for three bucks. Three bucks. Who yeah. took Johnny. Uh, police do fuck all. Exactly. The F police in this FYI. case repeatedly said they don't want to deal with Johnny's mother. Yep. And the mother of somebody whose son was abducted. And refused to uh, interview a key witness because of uh, some political bullshit, basically. Exactly. And so, you know, to, to wrap that up, you know, that's, you know, anecdotes are compelling. But let's also take a look at the statistics. In America, again, according to Brookings Institution, 66% of rapes reported to the police, 38% of murders, 70% 70, 70 of robberies go unsolved. So major crimes, yeah. the police are doing very little to actually resolve. And I think that 
you know, I don't want to be too hard on police as much as I think that we have a major problem with policing in this country. I don't want to be too hard on police. I think that the second reason that it's really good to defund the police is because police are currently really overworked. Um, right now, again, according to Brookings, nine out of 10 911 calls involve nonviolent incidents. So it's people calling the police on things that are not imminent danger. Right. Oh. Are, yeah, it's not. It, yeah, there, there's a there's a non-emergency number for a reason. And people are just like, oh, no, I can't find my car keys. 911. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I mean, can't I, find my car. Oh, I was thinking earlier today of one time, uh, my 21st birthday in college, I was having a, a very small house party and the neighbors called the police on us three times and the cops showed up each time. And the police literally in that case, they were like, look, we don't think that you're being that loud. Maybe close your upstairs windows to lessen the sound. But, you know, they just insisted that we come out here. So and like all three times the cops did nothing, but we spent a lot of taxpayer dollars on a Thanks. total of Thanks, three cop trips. Thanks, yeah. Janet. Two Thanks, officers. Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're calling the police and asking them to intervene in everything from, you know, serious crimes like rapes and murders and aggravated assaults, down through things like um, parking issues and traffic issues, um, even down so far as things like somebody stealing a shopping cart. Right from Walmart can end up with the police being involved. And that seems like a silly way for us to spend our money. But particularly considering the fact that the police, their oh training, when they go through that police training, most of that training is actually on, you know, worst case scenario crisis intervention. Yeah, It's not aimed for the 90% of calls that they take, which are not violent. Yeah. So that's a huge issue. Um, and finally... I think that the the ultimate, you know, one of the last reasons that we want to look at defunding the police is because the police are often not the best people equipped. Um, a lot of the things that police deal with, you know, kind of piggybacking off the fact that- I saw that, something about this, actually, uh, mm -hmm. about they, uh, what, what, what was it, like a crisis counselor or uh, a health worker, um, and there was a post about being like, yeah, I'm used to having, like, you know, fucking fecal matter thrown at my face and being- <laughs> being you know choked out by somebody who's twice my size but i have been trained to de-escalate the situation and it does not require a gun and nobody dies because the exactly. people in these situations are either a mentally unstable and there's certain training for that or b these people are in uh like a psychotic break also training for that but most right. most of these cases where people die they're not actually violent aggressors which is how the police have been you know, acting as this person is somebody who is armed and dangerous and that they need to put down when that's not the fucking facts. Exactly. The police are trained to see everything as a potential threat on their life. And certainly it's a dangerous job. I would argue that, you know, if we're going to consider the police heroes, that means that they need to accept that they may or may not die in the line of duty, unfortunately. But I don't think that there's any place for the police slaughtering citizens on a hunch. Yeah, well, nobody seems to have a problem with firefighters, so. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, and so actually, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you know, firefighters tend to get involved in things, you know, outside of fighting fires. But, you know, they tend to get involved in a lot of situations where somebody's having some type of physical or mental health crisis. And I would advocate for more of that type of behavior of 
you know, people who aren't armed getting involved in mental health situations. Yeah, it's like not their primary directive to de-escalate. Like they're, you know, they're, they, they are, their job is to fucking put out fires and, and, uh, yeah. uh, uh, attribute to in whatever chaotic situation that they can. And so, you know, they're, you know, it's not really in their job title to talk somebody off a ledge, but they're, you know, they, they are willing to, if, if it come across it and they, you know, they can, whereas in the police, it's like, if you know they they get this kind of uh, badge of do whatever you want, and so right, the police are basically trained to see the person on the ledge as like, what well, I what say. if they jump on me? Yeah, do do what I say, or you know, I can arrest you or shoot you. Right, and 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 in that's fact, the difference. According to the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, um, of the nearly one thousand police uh, involved shooting fatalities in two thousand eighteen. A quarter of those fatalities involved somebody who's experiencing a mental health crisis. So you roughly 250 say. people were slaughtered in 2018 because the police don't know how to respond appropriately to mental health. Shit. So that's unfortunate. Um, the final thing that I would say on the fact that the police are not necessarily the best equipped is I just want to take a quick look at the budgets that we're looking at in these cities. Um, I think L.A. is a really good example. L.A. has a total city budget of $10.5 billion dollars. The police get $3.14 billion of Jesus that. fucking Christ. Yeah, so around a third. Now, for comparison, their Departments of Economic Development and their Department of Housing together have a budget of around $111 million. Mm. So compare that to $3.4 billion for the police. Shit. New York City has a budget of $6 billion for the police. And that is more than the Departments of Health, Homeless Services, Housing, and Youth and Community combined. So imagine Dang. a world where we could invest instead of investing in something that's intended to be after the fact, you know, the police are meant to respond to something that's already happening. Imagine if we could take that massive Damn, amount of money and right? put it into things like education services, housing services. Seriously. Like how many times do we hear about people who are homeless or experiencing mental health or addiction crises being criminalized and taken to jail? Imagine if we could just spend that money helping those people at the source before something crazy happens. Yeah. How do we make reform like that happen? That's an excellent question, Alex. <laughs> please, please enlighten me, Alex. I, I really want to know now. It's like, it's like that's, that's shit sucks right now. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of cities um, in response to the protests that we're seeing right now in response to the death of George Floyd, um, you know, and the, the aggregate anger and frustration of the populace, um, cities like Baltimore, L.A., and San Francisco, as well as Minneapolis, are all taking looks at defunding their police departments. And so that means shifting um, L.A. and San Francisco actually are already taking a look at, you know, shifting money away from the police budget and okay. putting it into um, a lot of different different avenues. Education is a huge one because, Word. you know, one thing that I think is overlooked a lot when we talk about crime prevention is the fact that education relies on property taxes. So... A local school department doesn't rely on federal or state funding. They rely on local district funding, which means that if you live in a poor area, that means that your school doesn't have that much money because property taxes are low. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fun what? fact. We very much institutionalize access to education by saying, well, your school can only have as much funding as your neighborhood can contribute. It's kind of fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Shit. So if we take a look at putting money into education equity so that everybody has access to a good education, that can seriously prevent crime. Um, you know, investing in, well, here, actually, let's take a look at Salem. So Salem, you know, let's bring it home a little bit. 
Um, Salem is actually looking at divesting some of the money that we spend on police. Um, representatives and uh, councilwomen like Cara Kaser um, have taken a look. For 2021, we've got a total budget of $752 million. Right now, $48.8 million is ad- allocated to the police. And Kara Kaser and other representatives are looking to potentially finagle with those numbers so that we can divest invest money in things like, first of all, education services, second of all, mental health and homeless services. And so right now, basically, the biggest pushes that we're seeing on the ground are things like taking away things like student resource officers in school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a big push from schools like McNary and the student body there that are pushing to say, hey, we don't we don't want to have armed police officers in our school. It creates right. it creates tension. It right. makes it so that okay. it feels like a cat and mouse game. And, you know, right now we are making a lot of pushes to do things like, first of all, invest in homeless services and helping get access to mental health services. Holy Another God. thing I think is really interesting is in Eugene, they have a service called Cahoots, which is where when you call 911, if someone's having a mental health crisis, rather than sending the police, they send a mental health response team. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, that's my city, Eugene. Uh, you guys are always on it. They've been on. They're they're the first to always fix things. They're, yeah, and I actually okay. I have a friend cool, cool. who lives in Eugene. He's experienced homelessness and he's experienced a lot of mental health issues. And when he has been having a serious crisis, he you know instructs you know whoever is helping him out to call nine one one and specifically ask for cahoots because yeah. cahoots is a service that he trusts. Whereas he's had a lot of horrible experiences with the police. Yeah. That's great. So so if we implement like a sub team instead yeah. of calling the police for fucking everything, why don't we have more like sub 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 yeah. sub teams like like a smaller team that they respond to more exactly. specific stuff? Okay, cool. Yeah. So so, so again, what I said at the top of this is yeah, yeah. defund the police doesn't mean ask them to do the same amount of services with less money. What we're saying is do fewer services, be specifically trained for those services. Have the police do what they are best at is respond to specifically violent and aggressive crimes. Exactly. I'm not saying we're all okay with that, right? Yeah. I endorse what Mitchell's saying. Very few people are saying (laughs) just get rid of law enforcement. Nobody wants to deal with a guy who's got a gun holding up a 7-Eleven. Like, that's a great time to send in the police. Like, hey, you've got a gun, so here are some other people with guns. And Exactly. And the fact that right now the police are very bad at solving crimes, (laughs) I think can be chalked up, honestly, a lot to the fact that they're having to do so much else. Yeah, let's just let them do what they're good at. Yeah, yeah let them yeah. do their jobs. Yeah. Let them not have to do jobs that they didn't sign up for. Yeah, they want to point guns at people who are doing wrong things. Let's let them do that. They can go point guns at people yeah. robbing stores, robbing banks. Go ahead and play cops and robbers. Let's just make sure that it's actual cops yeah. and actual robbers. Let's let the other people who are dealing with uh, the 90% of other problems in the world uh, deal with those problems. And then y'all can keep your jobs and no one's going to be upset about that. Exactly. Like, you know, wrapping up Defunding the police ultimately means less stress and less overwork for officers. It means that the community is protected from overcriminalization and everything being dealt with by somebody who has a gun. And ultimately decreasing crime rates by investing in community services that can decrease crime like education, housing, and mental health. I like that. That is cool. Okay, I fucks with it. I fucks with it. Thank you, Celine, for bringing us this uh, current event. It's uh, totally applicable. It has lots of details, lots of facts, lots of things that are current, lots of things that are currently events. And with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back to you. We're going to wrap this show up with uh, our two uh, lighter-hearted segments. The... 
nostalgia Trisky. trip. <laughs> <laughs> the nostalgia trip followed by. We got throwback cinema for you. <laughs> throwback cinema, Marchuski's Brewski. You know how we do. We'll be back after this. And Mitch featuring Celine Sanna's pond. CSP. Just one pond. Pond. CSP. For now. Maybe when I grow up, I'll have more ponds, but. For now. Are you going to take my last name? I don't know. We should talk about that. I have. I have. Celine Sanna's. No idea what I'm going to do. Herring. <laughs> That's interesting. Anyways. I like Herring Pond. Herring Pond. That's all right. Whatever. Isn't it adorable? Because herring is a fish. And fish live in ponds. Whereas I just don't acknowledge my my official last name. <laughs> do, 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 Anyways, do. we're back. We're here. We're going to talk about uh, a couple more fun things to lighten the mood after such a serious topic. You know, things that actually impact you versus things that have impacted you. We believe that things like movies are important. Music, trivia, things like nostalgia. And this is your nostalgia trip. Johnny Tsunami from the 1990, what is it, 99? I want to say 99. I think it's, yeah, I think it's 99. Johnny Tsunami. Can you spell that? Freaking <laughs> J-O-H-N-N-Y space T-S-U-N-A-M as in Max. <laughs> I... Yeah, We're talking about a kid who goes from freaking Hawaii is fucking Johnny Kapahala... Goes to freaking Vermont. Yeah, he does. Goes to fucking VT and like Bernie Sanders is like, is, is Bernie Sanders even the, the senator yet? Yeah, he's been a senator for a minute. A long Definitely since time. before the 90s. So he's repping VT like his name is Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> his, uh, the, the greatest grandfather role ever, ever. Uh, Johnny Tsunami's gr- grandpa basically welcomes him um, into his life as a surfer, and they find themselves uh, journeying over into Vermont, where Johnny takes his uh, snow surfboarding skills and turns them it's into... snowy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> turns them into snowboarding skills, and that's pretty much the whole premise of the movie. Uh, he uh, pines for the cool girl from the rich clan... And eventually wins her over. And that that's really the whole movie. But I think the, the most important thing from this film is that the premise is, you know, uh, uprooting yourself from something you know and love and are good at into a whole different environment and, and finding success in a whole nif- different peer group, whole different atmosphere, and applying the things that you love into the things that, you know, you learn to love. And, it's a fish out of water story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which admittedly is most of the Disney specials from that era. <laughs> like almost every Disney special from that era can be chalked up as new kid in town. Yeah. People are mean to the new kid because he's new and he's different. Yep. <laughs> new kid has secret skill that the cool kids didn't know about. New kid becomes cool. New kid gets the girl. Just like Up in Flames. You guys saw Up in Flames, right? On the Disney Channel original movies. Oh, my God. It's so bad. That was so bad. Dude. No, because Up in Flames is like the kid is growing up and his parents are firefighters. He's like, son, you're going to be a firefighter like us, right? He's like, no. And they're like, why? He's like, 
I want to start fires. So <laughs> 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 it becomes a pyromaniac. Yeah. It was awesome. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you at all, but I want that movie to exist. Oh, man. Uh, so, I'm calling fiction on, on Marchewski's fact or fiction. It's not a real movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to no. start fires. No. Uh, but this this is like one of my favorites growing up as far as uh, the Disney Channel originals. Like it, it falls in line with Grind or Halloween Town. Extreme sports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, they, it, it capitalized on the extreme sport factor. And Johnny Tsunami is is a great, you know, out of, a fish out of water story. And there's not a lot more to say. Like this, the plot you, itself is super simple. Do you remember the rival schools? Yeah, yeah. There's like, there's like, there's like the two like rival schools. So like, like one was like, was like really fucking with like, like they're like, okay, all the cool kids here ski. Yeah. So like, if you want to be one of the cool kids and like get laid, like you have to be, a, you have to ski here. And it's yeah. like, oh shit. And then like the other school had like the different gang, and they were really good at snowboarding. And they're like, bro, if you want to be fucking lit, you gotta fucking snowboard. Which well, and yeah, is that how it went? That's actually true though. The thing is, is that originally, <laughs> like even on Mount Hood, and Mount Bachelor, and stuff, like up until the early '80s, uh, you could not uh, snowboard on the ski lifts and stuff. And so they originally would like walk up the ski lifts and stuff, and they would go shredding down the mountain. And there was like some serious segregation toward the snowboarding oh. community because the skiers were like, they mess up the powder and stuff with their trails. And <laughs> it, it's terrible. Like America's just got classism everywhere in every form of society. Damn. Yeah. And skiing was like a rich man's sport. These parables are destroying our country. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually time went on and like they fucking chilled out. And, and now obviously anybody can go to the mountain and snowboard or ski anywhere you want, which is great. And, but this movie really did kind of like highlight the fact that originally you know skiing was the only cool there was the rich cool kid way to do things and if you snowboarded you were dirty and you were trash and you were poor and this like you don't see you don't think of like 007 snowboarding yeah. with a hot girl you think of him skiing with a hot girl right like it's skiing is definitely the rich oh, man connotation sport kind of yeah. like golf yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so that's the movie. That's the nostalgia trip. It's, we're going to make it short and sweet. There's Again, the, the premise of the whole movie itself is is that, that there's not much more to it. So we're just going to kind of like skip our way around. Uh, we're going to round out tonight's segment with, a, uh, with the finale. As always, we enjoy doing the thing and talking about movies. But our favorite and the only reason we do this show is so we can rhyme uh, Alex Marchewski's last name with the fucking word Bruski. Alex Marchewski, bring us the beer of the week. Alex Marchewski, making all those motherfuckers go crazy. Alex Marchewski, curing all cases of dogs with rabies. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Bruski of the week on Marchewski's Bruski. Marchewski's Bruski. Marchewski. Coming at you live from Bend, Oregon. In this sense, this is Deschutes Brewery. This is one of the definitely... These guys would have definitely went to the skiing school mm-hmm. in Johnny Tsunami. They're definitely one of the top, uh, you know, rival schools of elitism when it comes to just like, hey, like we're kind of holding you by the balls when it comes to Oregon brews. And they definitely kind of have it in clutch here. And this is actually really refreshing because people like my friend Dylan Taylor can drink this. This is our first gluten free beer we're featuring on the show. This is the Lil Squeezy Juicy Ale <laughs> crafted to remove gluten officially from Deschutes Brewery from Bend, Oregon. Um, and it's so tasty. You wouldn't taste so this tasty. and be like, ah, you can tell they tampered with this to get the gluten out. Most definitely. It tastes like, like a light uh, lemon soda. 
Yeah, it's, it's light, it. it's refreshing, it's it's five percent alcohol. So yeah, on a hot day like today, this you could you could just sit back and uh, get your whistle wet with this continually. I freaking like that, Mitchell. Mitchell, how do you feel like like having the not does the non gluten thing like this could be like a like a me thing, but like do you feel like having the non gluten uh, be do you feel like less like less like like grousy and tired because of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. uplifted and yeah. lighthearted. And there we go. Yeah. Cause they say like, I mean, at first I thought it was just like a Janet and Karen thing, like 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 <laughs> holy shit, you know, like 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 on the server at the restaurant, they're like, oh my god, my you know my wife cannot stop talking about how like she's allergic to gluten and the gluten intolerance. Like, thank you for dealing with this. I'm like, yo, it's okay. It's my job to like respect people's like you know <laughs> dietary restrictions and like allergies. You know what I mean? And then it's like after like removing this from your diet, you know, I, which is like what my friend Michael did. My friend Michael removed gluten from his diet, and he said he had way more energy. And he was way more like upbeat, happy, and was able to do more shit. I'm like, holy crap! Like, well, like, well, if you just drink beer that's gluten free, does yeah. that give you a, a way more like happier buzz? And I, you know, maybe we can be on the journey for this. I've been drinking this for the past hour or so. And so <laughs> far, it's got the really good uh, lemon notes. It's refreshingly, refreshingly ju uh, juicy. It's really effortless to drink. I feel like I could eat two pizza slices. Oh yeah, and then chug this with zero oh. effort. Oh yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Oh yeah, a couple <laughs> slices of fucking greasy cheese pizza. And and down a juicy a little squeeze juicy ale right behind it. Mm -mm. Most definitely. I mean, <laughs> you could probably chug this beer like no problem. But for the most part, like this is something I would recommend. I would highly recommend it with like whether or not you you fuck with pineapple on pizza Ooh. or you do fuck with pineapple on pizza. I feel like this would go great with yeah, Hawaiian style pizza. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm the kind of person like like if you put it in front of me, I'm just gonna do it or eat it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't really have a lot of bias. Like, uh, oh, you were nice enough to to purchase food for me. I'll probably enjoy your, the pizza. I don't really care if there's pineapple on it or not. This would go great with Hawaiian Same. pizza. I'll eat the Hawaiian pizza if you were gonna you know probably prepare like a lasagna. Ooh, and you're like, yum. Alex, we made this lasagna, but there's there's pieces <laughs> of of, uh, of of anchovy on the lasagna. I'm like, I don't care. There's food in front of me. I'm yeah. gonna eat it because Ooh, I, I thought you were gonna say pineapple. And lasagna. <laughs> I was ready to quit the podcast now. I don't. I don't need this income. <laughs> I'm with Alex on that because a free meal is a meal where I don't have to worry about the next, you know, fifteen to eighteen hours of my life. And I've I've never been. And the McVeighs will tell you this too. Uh, you know, my my surrogates. Uh, I, I am not one to turn down free food. And if there's free food, I'm definitely going to have some. So I volunteered for so much in college just because they promised free food. Yeah, well, I'm talking like real free food, not not that like weird banquet. You stuff. can't put a right. price on a homemade meal. Yeah. Sometimes you really yeah. can't. Absolutely. Actual food. Yeah, that's fucking reality. The older I get, the more I realize, you know, like everything has a cost, but not everything has value. Yeah. Amen. It's fucking weird, right? Oh man, it's crazy, dude. Capitalism, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I've never turned down a free meal, and and that's the hardest part is that you know for the longest time I never. I didn't really have any dietary restrictions and, and, you know, after hanging out with you, you know, I aim for more vegetarian options, but for a while I was vegan. And at this point, like, uh, you were vegan. I knew you were a vegetarian I was for vegan a bit. For like, I didn't realize you're yeah, for flat a while. vegan. Yeah. For a while. It was, it was, it was Full rough. Vegan's hard. Vegan. It was rough. Uh, I missed, I missed cheese a lot. <laughs> oh, damn. Fucking cheese. Is that so was good. my kicker. Yeah. When I tried to be vegan, I was, I just realized how much protein I get from cheese. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but home cooked meals, that, that, that became the kicker is that like, if there isn't anything else in my life, like motivating me to it. And, and I agree. I think that 
vegetarianism and veganism has a lot of clout uh, just for the the responsibility piece of it. But for me, like a home cooked meal is hard to turn down and hanging out with uh, hanging out with a family that is is really, really keen on making really fucking good home cooked meals. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. steak, steak and potatoes. I mean, mm. well, and, and food is such a way to say I love you for a lot of people or to say I care. Like I, I've always really valued. So, so I've been vegetarian since before I was born. Like yeah, you, in utero, you, I you was vegetarian. Cannot eat meat. Yeah, like my body literally can't do that. It doesn't know what what it goes back that produce. far. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. So like, if I have any amount of meat in my system, I do not feel good at all. And the only times I've ever regretted that are when I'm traveling and somebody wants to show me a kindness by giving me food. And then I feel awful that I can't eat it. So I uh, like debate trips when I uh, like in China, particularly there was a big banquet that they threw that I couldn't really eat anything. Ah, damn. Yeah. And I felt awful that I, you know, they, they clearly made a, a show of the fact that this was a kindness that they were doing to us to show us honor. And I was like, that's, that's beautiful. I feel awful that I can't accept that kindness. Um, or like one time I, I visited my, my friend Anya when she was studying abroad in Poland, she was living with her great aunt who had very, very little, um, pretty much no English. She had no English, very, very little Russian. And I also have very, very little Russian. And so basically the only way I could communicate with Anya's great aunt was her aunt like surprised us with this. Um, like she said that she was just going to serve us tea. And so Anya hadn't thought to mention that I was vegetarian. And so her aunt, like, to surprise us, put out this whole spread that was, uh, like, the first course was this, like, really good, like, wholesome nutty bread with butter and cheese and cut meats. And so I ate, like, six slices of, like, buttered bread with cheese, steer clear (laughs) of the meats. Okay. And then the next course was she brought out tuna salad. And I've never eaten fish. And so I was trying to like somehow politely communicate like this is lovely, but no, thank you. And Anya at this point was kind of just being like, please, could you take one for the team? And, you know, yeah. little tuna salad. and so that was the first <laughs> time I ever had tuna salad. And actually, I think that it smells disgusting, but I actually really enjoyed the taste. Like it was good. Not, it was if your body's not used to it and your stomach like in, intakes it, you're just yeah, like. Yeah. But oh my God, I had the worst farts later. <laughs> <laughs> Farty McFly. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up having uh, two big spoonfuls, like two heaping spoonfuls of uh, tuna salad after my six slices of bread with cheese. Um, and then she brought out, yeah. And then she brought out, um, like a bunch of like assorted cakes and cookies. Ooh. And so I had two slices of cake, three cookies, three small oranges and three cups of tea. And like, that was the way that she was showing kindness to me was by giving me all this food that made me sound precisely like that. And literally like, as I was leaving this, this little like Soviet apartment in the middle of Warsaw, I, I'm telling Anya, because we're going to go out for, for drinks after this. I'm no telling more, Anya, like... No more. Anya, I, I'm i so embarrassed, but I think I have to unbutton my pants and just, like, pull my sweater down. And she was like, oh, no, that's that's a thing. Like, if you leave somebody's house after they've given you food in Poland and you don't have to unbutton your pants, then they were a bad host. Oh, <laughs> wow. interesting. We got, we got a slice of life story and a culture, a creature culture all in the same bit. This is fucking great. This is awesome. Thank you for your share, Celine. Yeah, yeah no, I apologize. That was a, a link. <laughs> no, story, no, no, no. It was don't one of my trip. favorite uh, 
That's cross really, cultural experiences. Because the hungry. only way that she could really show me kindness was with the food she was providing. Because we didn't share a language. And, no, I love. And the only like way this. that I could say, "Hey, I, I appreciate you as a person. I appreciate your kindness," was by accepting it. And then also, weirdly, at the end when I was leaving, I bowed, which is not something that I ever do in a social interaction. So that was weird. But I, I think it was appreciated. But more importantly, You're how so mad? Weird. How yes. mad? How mad was the ve- was the vegetarian legion after this visit? Did they ever find out? They hunted me down. Okay. Yeah. You've been a, you've been a fugitive ever since. I was, I was okay. stopped several times at the airport. Listen, I accept you and your gas in all forms. So it's okay. I know you do. Yeah. If you didn't, we would have been done a long time ago. Yeah. So. And, and thank you so much, Celine, for sharing your story, <laughs> uh, learning about different slices of life, whether the creature culture is going to be uh, right here in America or right here in uh, my native Poland, the Marchewski. Uh, the Marchewskis are actually originated from, from, from uh, Warsaw, Poland. So thank you for reminding me of my heritage. Um, the independent craft and ingenuity of Deschutzbrewery can be communicated through just, you know, having, you know, really good conditioning where, where they, add li- they, they add live yeast to the can. And this beer ages gracefully to stay fresher longer. And, uh, you know, as with we mentioned earlier, this beer is crafted to remove gluten. This beer, you know, it ferments grains containing different stuff. And then the ones they choose are actually able to uh, remove the wheat protein, which mm. creates a much more smoother taste. And that way people like my friend Michael and my friend uh, Taylor can actually have a gluten-free beer and then get wasted and then run into a yeah. shower curtain and then then actually like deep deep <laughs> remove the shower curtain and then wake up the next day saying oh my god i'm sorry i i de- delocated your shower curtain delocated how, and how, what i've always said is wrong with this world is the fact that your friend austin can't run into your shower curtain and delocate it <laughs> i'm glad that we have finally evolved enough as a society that this can happen yeah it's very interesting. But and that's yeah. why I give the Deschutes Brewery from Bend, Oregon, their little squeezy, juicy ale, 3.79 shower curtains out of 10. <laughs> We've had some pretty pretty badass beers on this show. And while I do enjoy this one, I feel like as far as where it stacks up in the ladder and in the, the previous beers, it's it's pretty good, but it's it, it just does not... It does not fall in the elite tier of, uh, of like, no, no, no. You know, That's okay. what I would say. It's beers, it's beers. a good beer, but it is very. I tasty. think what for me, what pushes it into being the uh, one of my new top shelf beers is the fact that it doesn't make me allergic. Yeah, your face is super not red, and the, for uh, those, and I know, for those, right? of, we found normally one. I would be we sniffling really and sneezing. Yeah, for those and, out there who don't know, uh, Celine has a pretty serious uh, allergy to certain types of beer. Um, surprisingly, but we don't know which, which is the fun, right? Surprisingly, we're not sure what, which one is, which one is not. Uh, this one is clearly not, uh, this, which makes me think that you it's have, you thing. have zero red fluster into your face and surpri- it's so weird too, because, uh, beak breaker, you have zero problem drinking, which is probably the strongest beer I've ever drunken drinken uh which also seems to have very little effect on you as far as um allergic reactions so i don't know what the difference is or the similarity is between these two but these two seem to be the perfect combination between five percent and nine percent uh whereas you are looking as fresh as a daisy right now looking fresh (laughs) 
That's so fresh and so clean. So fresh and so clean. Yeah, I'm impressed, Jay. You don't even have a tint of red under your eyes. I look like a person. You look normal. Yeah, normally I, I worry about you because we'll have a an IPA and your face starts looking like you're you're having allergic reaction. So because I am. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. This has been the most interesting episode brought to you into the house uh, due to the hot weather. We're inside a new location, and I bet you all didn't even know because it sounds the same because. That's what we do. We bring you quality. We bring you content. We bring you weekly episodes. You might as well call us your milkman because we're there every week on your front doorstep whether you like it or not. And give us bottles. Better remember that, motherfuckers. This has been the March and Mitch podcast featuring CSP. Thank you, thank you to all of our listeners in Washington, France, Virginia, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, California. Big shout out to Kayak Jones for following us. Big shout out to Wicked Face Brings Eternal and Goth Boy Click for putting out a merch line. Uh, shout out to Black Lives Matter. Thank you to all the cool people in the United States and the rest of the world for listening to our podcast. And as always, keep it real. Keep doing your thing. And thank you to all of, to all of you. Thank you, guys. This has been the March Mitch Show. Let's see you next week.